The Athletic. Together, Manchester City and Pep Guardiola have been all conquering. Manchester City have done it! Once, twice, three times a champion! Champions of Europe, finally! The treble complete! Contracted until 2025, there are no immediate signs of them slowing down. But as Brighton head to the Etihad this weekend, Roberto De Zerbi will know this is a big opportunity to outline his credentials to succeed Guardiola. Roberto's one of the most influential managers in the last 20 years. So is there a more difficult job in world football than replacing Pep? And behind the scenes, has the process to find a successor already started? I'm Adam Leventhal. Welcome to The Athletic Football Podcast. Our City correspondent, Sam Lee, will contribute to the discussion a little bit later on in the show. But I'm delighted to say, alongside me in the studio, two men steeped in European football. The Athletics' German and Italian football correspondents, Rafa Honigstein and James Horncastle, are here. It's great to see you, gents, and to uh, have this conversation. Before we discuss what might happen, let's just... Well, it's worth mentioning that what might happen with Guardiola is quite difficult to predict. It's not an exact science. Let's just deal with the the status and the standing of Guardiola in your respective specialist subjects. In Italy, first of all, I'll start with, because he hasn't managed there. How is Pep Guardiola viewed? When you say Pep Guardiola in Italy, what, how do people react? Well, Italy is a country that prides itself on its coaching. It's its greatest export. And so there's a lot of respect uh, for Guardiola. They would like him to come and try his hand uh, in Serie A. Also because Serie A still has this belief that it is the most tactically challenging league in European football. I think that's harder to argue uh, these days considering the sort of talent that you've got in the Premier League, talent you've got in Germany. But they would like him after working in Spain, working in Germany, working in England to go to Italy. He was there over the international break. Uh, he tends to do this every year, actually. There's a conference in Trento that he goes and does. He likes to also go and do the golf day that Gianluca Vialli and Massimo Mauro's foundation sets up. But I remember when he moved to Bayern from Barcelona, or that was when he was on sabbatical in New York, that story came out. It was broken in Italy that he was moving to Bayern. And it was broken in Italy because... AC Milan had just sacked Massimiliano Allegri and they were looking at who they could get in and they tried for Pep and they were told he was going. He'd already struck a deal with Bayern Munich and that's how it came out. In terms of how he's viewed in Germany and specifically at Bayern, obviously that's where he managed prior to, to joining Manchester City. What would you say his, his legacy is? Is there still a sort of a yearning for the days of Pep or is it just a sort of a long lost memory almost now? It's really difficult to answer because there is a bit of a polarization when it comes to evaluating his his stay uh, and his effect on on German football and maybe football in, in a wider sense. Uh, there is a an element within German football that almost blame him for the problems of the national team to become too technical, too obsessed with midfielders, where are the center forwards, and they trace these problems back to. Pep's influence at Bayern. Ah, yeah. It's not something that I particularly ascribe to, but there is 
within the media and maybe within German football as well, there is a view that he caused problems almost in a strange way. But then there's also, we have to offset that. There's also, of course, a strong sentiment that sees him as uh, one of the most important coaches in history of, of, of football that saw how Bayern played, um, the kind of level of football that he achieved at Bayern, the kind of reliability in terms of results, in terms of goals that he brought. Also, Bayern's problems in the aftermath of his leaving. So it's not universal adulation, but I guess it's one of those things that it's a prism. You know, you see what you want to see. If you are a bit traditional and you want to argue that German football should go back to its roots and its own kind of ideas, then you see him as the bogeyman. If you are thinking more in terms of innovation, of progressive ideas, then he is still very much the hero. You mentioned the, you know, the, the problems at Bayern post-Pep. And winning the Champions League. Well, that's the thing. Both, <laughs> Twice. You know, you've, you've won the, you know, Bayern have won the Champions League. Barcelona have won the Champions League since. But if you look at the two characters that went in post-Pep, first at Barcelona, it was Tito Villanova. But then at Bayern, it was Carlo Ancelotti walking in. You know, we'll talk about who potentially might fill his shoes at, at Manchester City, but they are two polar opposites. You know, if you if you want someone to go in and try and fill someone's shoes, you want someone like Carlo Ancelotti, no? Uh, no. Careful, Raf. Careful. Uh, no. I think the idea was that Carlo would bring his own shoes. Forget about Pep's shoes. Yes. They're no longer there. We want something different. It was one of those cases where clubs appoint almost the opposite of the predecessor because they want a different direction. But he's big enough to do it. Big enough yeah. to do it. Big name, of course, had shown himself to be a success in difficult dressing rooms. But tactically, the idea was that after the overbearing influence of Pep, yeah. who wanted to micromanage everything and drove players crazy and perhaps didn't have the whole buy-in from the whole club and the whole dressing room as much as he wanted, we're going to get somebody who's much easier to handle, both for the people upstairs, but also for, for the players. And he's going to release them. And there was this phrase that this Bayern team will be released from the tactical shackles of Pep Guardiola and they're going to play some amazing free-flowing football. And it did happen for about two months. And then things completely fell apart towards the second season and uh, Ancelotti was fired in September of his second season. And the difference between Barcelona is that Barcelona, by that time, going even back to the time before Pep, had, I think, a very specific idea of how the team wanted to play. Guardiola refined it. Guardiola made it more sophisticated, but he tapped into ideas of Cruyff and the people before him. Whereas at uh, Bayern, the foundation was Louis van Gaal, but that was only one half years. Then Heinkes taking some elements, that was only two years. And then Guardiola on top of it. And Bayern as a club had never really fully subscribed, I think, into this idea that we're going to be a sort of a Bavarian version of Barcelona. And this is the way we want to play, which is why they went for something completely opposite in Ancelotti. And that's why still, 10 years later, there's a kind of a tension between what is actually our playing identity? Is it, is it still it's Guardiola? Winning. Is it still Heinkes? Or is it something else? I suppose the importance, James, at Manchester City to Pep Guardiola's success as well is the people above, that he is fitted into a club with a very clear identity with director of football, Chiki Bergeristan, the CEO, Ferran Soriano, uh, as well. It almost seems as if 
that they're on the same page with him in the job, but they would be on the same page as well were he to decide, yeah, I am going to leave. So it would be quite a harmonious experience, you would imagine. You would imagine. I mean, City are very well prepared. If you go back to them hiring Pep Guardiola, they were preparing for it. That's why they hired Chiqui Bigurista. It's why they hired Ferran Soriano. Yeah. They wanted to customize the club for Pep Guardiola to make it attractive. Because remember, he had his pick of whichever club he was going to. I think it's one of the regrets of Sir Alex Ferguson that he wasn't able to persuade Pep um, to, to take over. Uh, albeit, I think that was when he, he went to coach Bayern. But I, I do think as well-prepared City seemed to be, if you've built a club in the image of a coach and that coach leaves one day, it is closer, I would say, to what we've seen with United where Sir Alex leaves and all of a sudden he takes the identity of the club almost with him. Same with Arsene Wenger at Arsenal. And I think it will be very difficult, no matter how well-prepared they are, when you lose someone that you've tailor-made the club for. And I think that's why Pepper's stayed for as long as he has, because there was a time when the narrative in football was the days of a Wenger and Ferguson are over, where someone can go on for not just more than three years, but 10, 15, 20 years. That coaches burn out after three years, that their ideas go stale, that uh, the players no longer respond, and that's why they move on. Yeah, that was why Pep had apparently left Barcelona. It was why Pep had left Bayern Munich. And instead, he's still at City. And I think that's because they, unlike any other club, have built themselves completely around him. I, I slightly disagree about the prospects of the post Pep area. I think the fact that you have these two very clued up, very smart operators still there, presumably, after Pep leaving, puts City in a much better position than United were. And Ferguson was the footballing expertise. Or at Arsenal, but Wenger was the football expertise. There was no sporting director. There was no meaningful CEO running the football side of things with any real background in, in football. So I think they'd be in a much stronger, much more stable position. And they will already now look at suitable candidates that can not replace Pep necessarily, but continue within the construct, within the structures that they've built. I think the structures will survive Pep, unlike at these other places. But the thing is, these guys were brought in, okay, because of their own expertise, everything that they'd done at Barcelona. I think they were, they were brought in to appeal to Pep and be there for Pep. And if Pep goes, then what do they do? themselves do yeah. they think that our time at the club has run its course we've done what we set out to do here because i mean that's again something that happened with united where yeah, david gill left with sir alex ferguson so yes they are very well prepared in the structure that they've got in place but i'm curious whether their cycle is tied to pep's cycle as well as executives just a quick one from you raf and we will talk about the you know the, the potential successes in a moment's time but is his experience and what he was doing and saying in Germany when he was at Bayern instructive in terms of what he may do next at Manchester City in terms of we, we can sense that it is coming to an end because his contract is up in at 2025? Or was it always a, a situation where you thought of Bayern, well, no, he's, this is a three-year thing and then he's going to 
he's going to go. It never felt like he was he was there for the long term. Well, I think James alluded to this. I think the reason why he's staying for such a long time at City is because he doesn't have to fight the kind of battles he had to fight at Bayern. Uh, at Bayern, he often felt misunderstood. He didn't like the fact that grandees, you know, Beckenbauer, Hoeneß, Rummenigge would kind of provide a running commentary on 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 Bayern's game and by extension on his work. He felt that his football wasn't fully appreciated and he probably looks around and thinks, what other club can give me what City can give me? Mm. And I can't think of, of a club that is A, so well run, B, in tune with his ideas and C, of course, also has the, the financial muscle <laughs> to make it all happen. So I think when you look at the stuff that kind of went wrong, if you will, or didn't go according to plan, that explains why he's so happy here. I believe that he's genuinely, despite the weather, very, very happy in Manchester because they, they offer him a, a unique environment of a tailor-made club. I think where James and me differ is about the prospects of who comes in. I personally don't think they'll have to do Pep Guardiola too. I think the club will be smart enough to understand that... Carlo Ancelotti. There's, yeah, <laughs> there's no... There's no second Pep out there and that things will have to change with the ideas of a manager. But I think that is ultimately also the sign of a good chief executive, of a good sporting director, knowing how to accommodate your coach without going too far from your own overarching ideas and, and ways of doing things. Hello there, James Richardson here. If, like me, you take an interest in the continental version of the beautiful game, then you should check out the Totally Football Show European Edition. Every Tuesday, I'm joined for the show by James Horncastle, Raphael Honigstein, Julian Laurence and Alvaro Romeo as we cover all the big European stories. Expect all the footballing insight you need on the Totally Football Show European Edition, which you can enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to check out video versions of the show over on our YouTube channel. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You're listening to The Athletic Football Podcast. So having worked so long to lay the groundwork to attract Pep Guardiola to Manchester City, what will the process to replace him now look like? To find out more about that, we caught up with The Athletic's Manchester City correspondent, Sam Lee. So in terms of the search and the groundwork, it's not really comparable to getting Guardiola because I'm not sure how many people know this or at least remember it, but when they announced that Guardiola was taking over in February 2016, the actual press release said they tried to get him in 2012, which meant that when they just won the league, that famous Aguero moment, 
If Guardiola had been available at that point, they would have gone, okay, thanks very much, Roberto Mancini. You've won us our first trophy since 76, but, you know, we've got our man now. But now life after Guardiola is completely different. So in terms of that search and the process... They're going to try and have as much control as possible. And that is just based on their approach to the transfer market. For example, when they signed Matteo Kovacic in the summer, everyone knew Chelsea needed a quick sale, so they got him for a fairly good price. So in terms of when does the process start, it wouldn't surprise me if it's already started. Pep Guardiola and Chiki Bakiristan, the sporting director, are incredibly close. They've basically got the same thoughts on football. They will be talking about, naturally, other teams that they like, and that is obviously because of the other managers. So they will know which managers they like. I think it will all come together very cleanly and I think there's a decent chance that City will know exactly who they want to get. In terms of the criteria, I suppose it's going to be very difficult because anything the next manager is going to do, it's going to be, oh, Guardiola wouldn't have done that. So they're going to need a strong character who's got his own ideas. I think De Zerbi is always interesting. I know we've got a couple of articles about Pep and De Zerbi on The Athletic at the moment. I just think he's got such strong ideas that Guardiola sometimes borrows from him. The vast majority of coaches borrow a lot from Guardiola. But anyway, we don't know if it's going to be De Zerbi or not, but I feel like his characteristics fit, you know, an identifiable style of play, which is, you know, possession-based, attacking football. He certainly takes more risks than Guardiola would, whether the club are comfortable with embracing that on or not, we'll have to see. But I think ultimately, the club are going to have to realise that anyone they could get is going to be a step down. Okay, we'll talk about some of the other contenders who may be in line whenever it happens to fill the void uh, in a moment's time. But I just wanted to concentrate on someone that Sam spoke about at length there, and that is Roberto De Zerbi, who will be at the Etihad on Saturday. And just a reminder of what Pep Guardiola has said about De Zerbi in the past, because it is quite staggering how effusive he has been in his praise. He said, one of the most influential managers in the last 20 years, one of the teams that I try to learn a lot from. He's like a Michelin-starred uh, restaurant, that the football that is being played at Brighton. They are unique. Does that praise, James, automatically mean that Pep Guardiola loves De Zerbi and therefore he is a candidate for Manchester City or not? So it's clear he's an admirer. But he's been admirers of other coaches. You know, I remember, for example, prior to Maurizio Sarri getting the Chelsea job, uh, there was a photo of Guardiola in Italy having dinner with Arrigo Sacchi and Maurizio Sarri. And Pep at that time would talk about how, you know, he would watch Napoli. He would go out of his way to follow what Maurizio Sarri was doing. Now, Sarri has not gone on to become the next Man City coach. And that, in part, is because regardless of who Pep wants or thinks could be his successor, these things always come down to timing. Mm. If Guardiola stays, renews his contract, then it doesn't matter how much he admires Roberto de Zerbi. <laughs> de Zerbi may have run his course at Brighton. He may have got a job offer to, let's say, go and coach AC Milan or another Premier League team. These things ultimately come down to when a vacancy like the one at Man City comes up and that is ultimately in, in, in Pep's hands. Anyway, De Zerbi is a busted flush. I mean, a month <laughs> ago he was the, the next big thing. Not anymore. It's yeah. over. It's over now. <laughs> but it is, it's, it, it, it's interesting though, you know, and we've seen even with, you know, Graham Potter, for example, how, how quickly fortunes can, can shift. You know, the guy who uh, De Zerbi succeeded at, at Brighton. 
yeah, it does feel that even 2025 is a, is a long way away. But just humour us for a moment. Why would he be a good fit at Manchester City in terms of his, his or, or not, perhaps, because of the path that he's had so far, De Zerbi? Well, he is a, he's a Pep fan himself. Yeah. Yeah, he said he got into it, didn't he? Because, because of his Barcelona side. Yeah, and I remember he, Bayern came to train in pre-season in Italy. I think it was maybe Trentino uh, when Pep was mm-hmm. in charge. And Sky Italia sent people to, to look at, you know, what the, the master was doing in training. And they came across Dizerbi. Dizerbi was there watching out of interest to learn. And so, you know, he he has always spoken extremely highly of how Pep has influenced him. I think it was very interesting what Rafa was saying earlier about the discourse in Germany about Pep's effect yeah. on German football. It's been very similar in Italy. You've had people like Giorgio Chiellini coming out and saying Guardiola's football has been not the end of Italian football. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, that would be misleading to, 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 to paraphrase Chiellini that way. But he has said that all of a sudden defenders are expected to sort of start playing out from the back and they're focusing on what they do in possession rather than defending uh, and that sort of thing. And Deserbi's become a lightning rod for this as well because he's seen as a very extreme version of those ideas, of Guardiola's ideas, you know, playing out from the back. Um, and there is, there's been a culture war in Italy with Italian football about what Deserbi represents and what traditional old Italian family tactic values <laughs> look like, um, which are don't be ashamed to defend, don't be ash- ashamed to, to, to counterattack, don't be ashamed to hoof it long. This is who we are. This is our DNA. Mm. And Deserbi is completely against that in the way that they see that as being someone who's been hyper-influenced by Guardiola. And so I think for those reasons, there is a clear alignment between yeah, if you were to put a coach, a spectrum of coaches up there, you know, I think yeah, Dzeby and, and and Guardiola clearly understand each other, and so I think he would be a natural successor in some respects. But I don't envy anyone taking over Pep Guardiola at Man City. But also with someone who has only managed and coached smaller teams, and Brighton still in that bracket, even though they've got into Europe, you need to have. Or, or do you need to have managed a bigger club to be able to step into that job, especially after after Pep? Yes, but Manchester City is probably also the smallest of all the big clubs you can find. And you don't have you're making, that... You're making friends and influencing people on this. I like this. It's good. You don't <laughs> have that culture of former Manchester City icons yeah. criticising the team on a daily basis... Um, saying this is not the Manchester City way, you know, if they suddenly don't win a trophy or two yeah. under the next manager, I think it'll be quite a forgiving place. Yeah. Maybe I'm underestimating the the ambitions of of Abu Dhabi, but it strikes me as as actually a very good place to to go. Even though Guardiola will leave behind a body of work that would be impossible to emulate, I still think it's going to be the kind of club that will give you a bit of patience and will will help you, especially with the people above them. And we go back to that, to that structure, will help you as a new guy to succeed. So I think it's going to be a dream job for many, for many coaches, despite Guardiola's 
legacy. Mm. No, I just find it interesting that we uh, we differ on this. Yeah, yeah. we rarely differ on anything. <laughs> I I've got one more question for you, James, in, in a moment. But just very quickly, Rafa, when Pep was in Germany, did he speak about some of the coaches that he was up against in the same way that he spoke about De Zerbi? And that was only in in May. And of course, he was complimentary from memory about coaches like Klopp and Tuchel, who he came up against his time there, but never quite put somebody on the pedestal, the same pedestal as uh, as he seems to be doing with with De Zerbi. But I think, you know, that's also Pep's style. He likes to be very nice about players, about people. He yeah. likes to be very full of praise, especially about his own players. The amount of times that he said, you know, this is the most intelligent player I've ever, I've ever coached. I lost, I lost count the yeah. amount of players he's but also, he said that about. I'm glad you prompted my memory about Tuchel because the mythology around them having dinner uh, in <laughs> Munich was it mm, twice? Yeah, yeah. Again, you would. I think that in itself shows you that Pep really, really rated Tuchel to take the time out and sit with him and talk tactics for two days. Uh, was a sign that he considered him perhaps not as equal, but at least somebody he can have a conversation with. Yeah. But I guess it's different when you then fight for trophies and fight each other in the Champions League final. I think it's probably nice now or easier to be nice about this Zerbi because he, with all the progress that Brighton have made, they're not a threat. Things might change if he goes on to a bigger club with more muscle behind him. What's interesting with De Zerbi is that he's had quite a few clubs now, Palermo, Benevento, Sassuolo, Shakhtar, Brighton, but he he has not gone to coach what you'd call an established big club, with the exception of Shakhtar. You could say, and he said this, the reason he took that job was because he wanted to learn what it was like to coach a club that was expected to win the league, win everything that was competing for, and then to have the ability to play Champions League, which uh, up until this season with Brighton was his only experience of coaching in Europe. He got them through the preliminary stages, uh, the playoffs, and then didn't win a single game in the group stage. Uh, Shakhtar finished behind Sheriff Tiraspol. He's quite particular, is uh, is Roberto. I mean, some of the the bigger jobs that he could have had in Italy, for example, I remember he turned down Bologna, which, okay, it's not a huge club, but it is a club that's won the league seven times. He refused to go there because they'd sacked his good friend, Sinis Mihailovic, so it's very principled. He looks at job opportunities differently from other people in that he will turn down a, a job like Roma if he doesn't think it's right for him. On this, I agree with Raf. I think if he was offered the Man City job, he would be not a fool to turn it down, but he would see it as being a very good, it would be the right opportunity for him. But he's a particular personality, is, is this Edby, in that he won't necessarily throw himself or leap into the next big job that comes along. He will analyze whether it's right for him, whether it suits him uh, before going for it. I think he's done you know, remarkably well to not only get these plaudits from uh, from Guardiola, but how people in England view him, how the press views him. Because I can't remember a Italian coach, and there have been Italian coaches who've obviously come here and won the Premier League. No nationality has won the Premier League on more occasions than the Italians. But has anyone had the influence on how we talk about tactics 
here in the way that De Zerbi has. Maybe maybe Conte because he played a back three and all of a sudden people started playing a back three. But it wasn't seen as something that was pushing the game forward in the way that De Zerbi uh, has done. Yeah, that influence you could see if the Chelsea job was to come up again, if the Manchester United job was to come up again, because of his impact in England and how well he's done, he I think he would automatically be a candidate for those jobs as much as he would be a candidate for, for Man City. This is a paid advertisement from Better Health Therapy Online. Do you ever get that feeling that you need to get something off your chest? We all carry around different stresses, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to release and discuss those thoughts and feelings and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist. And if things don't click, you can switch to someone new at any time with no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And because you listen to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy by heading to betterhelp.com slash athleticfootball. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash athleticfootball with no spaces. This is the Athletic Football Podcast. So I know we are dealing with a very hypothetical situation, but let's continue with it. If it's not going to be Deserbi, who would it be? So I'll play Chicky and you can play yeah. Ferran. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, should we do that? Let's do that. So let's talk about someone that both you two, Chicky and Ferran, know well, <laughs> uh, and that is Mikel Arteta, former assistant, obviously, to, to Pep, and now his enemy, ultimately, in, in the Premier League at Arsenal. Do you think the success at Arsenal makes it more unlikely that he would be looked at as a successor. <laughs> and and he's his, he's more his own man now. Yeah, I mean if he if he didn't have any success he'd be he wouldn't be looked as uh, as a possible successor either. But um I think City will definitely try to get him in. It'd be stupid not to. He is I think the closest you have to somebody who is like Pep, also Spanish which helps if you've built sort of a Spanish club. Italian and Spanish is a decent fit, but it's not always as smooth, I think, a fit. But the question is, will he take the job? And my hunch is that he is building his own club at Arsenal. He's very much in control along with Edu. And the Arsenal story has only just started. And I think it'd be too tempting to continue that rather than continue Pep's story at City in a way. If he goes back there and he is the former assistant that comes there, you know, he will always be somehow linked to Pep in a much more extreme way than than Arsenal where he's clearly just doing his own thing after a long stretch of lack of success. Well, I mean, if we go back to the choice Barcelona made um, when Pep wanted a sabbatical, they appointed his assistant, which was Tito Villanova. Obviously, Arteta has uh, served on on staff with Pep. He knows the club uh, inside out, um, and that can be the executives that me and Raf are playing at the moment, but also medical staff, the people around the club. You know, he's integrated. He knows how Man City work, so I think that is a natural advantage uh, for Arteta. 
it just depends on you know whether he feels that he has been able to make Man City, he's Arsenal. been able to make Arsenal a club in his image, and would you want to walk away from that? I'm curious again about the choice that City would make. It's not about being too safe with this, but is it like considering what Raf said? There is no other Pep. There's only one of one. Do you then decide to to decisively break from that? Or do you just go through all of his other past assistants? You know, as much as Arteta, do you go with Juan Malillo or something like, you know, or do you go with, you know, as much as Raf was talking about Spain and Italy being a good fit, but maybe not as good as Spain, Spain, Enzo Maresca, Maresca, who again was on staff with him and lived in Spain for a long, long time, <laughs> playing for Sevilla, you know, and again, someone who knows the club, who's coached their development squad it was on the basis of the work he did with them that Palmer offered him the first team job Maresca that didn't work out because Palmer were a club in flux change of owner none of the stability that Palmer uh, that that City have now you see what he's doing at Leicester where you know he is you know in a stable environment able to to show some of the ideas that he has himself and some of the stuff that he's learned from obviously from working with Pep so you know whether you just go down this long list of people who've worked with Pep, uh, people who've worked with Pep at Man City and make that decision. I don't know. That's 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 one for Chicky and Ferran. Let's bring in the other element to Manchester City being part of the City Football Group and that sort of link. Because Ange Postacoglu, who's obviously having great success with, with Tottenham at the moment, previously part of that group with uh, Yokohama in Japan. I know that was that was maybe you know a few a few clubs away and maybe sort of a bit more historical for him you know he's he's won titles at celtic since then he's now in charge of of tottenham but would ange postacoglu be someone that would be a, a step in a in a different direction but also one that they might be happy to take because he knows how the the structure of city football group work i don't think it's um, inconceivable that he would come into contention in a couple of years time if what he's doing now at Spurs bears out over those years yeah. and and moves on and progresses in a similar fashion. But I think it's a bit too early to to think that there's any guarantee of that. Yeah. I think he's a good fit stylistically, different. Some of the stuff is similar. Some of the stuff is very different, I think, tactically. Um, Character-wise as well, do you think? Someone who would be quite happy stepping into that sort of environment might be tough. Like he's he stepped into the post- and maybe not the same, but post Kane Tottenham and sort of made his own mark. Post Pet Man City, I'll take it my own way. I don't mind doing yeah, it. Mate. I, I don't know well. I don't know him well enough to to sort of extrapolate how he would fit in at City. But he strikes me as a kind of guy who will probably be well liked and successful almost anywhere. Yeah. So I don't think that'd be a bar to him going to City. I see it more from the CEO's perspective. Do they see him as somebody that? understands their way of working is he close enough to their vision and maybe i'm doing him or them a disservice but it doesn't seem to me on the surface to be the most sort of natural fit chiki and ferran with Ange postacoglu football wise not a bad idea but it doesn't seem the obvious choice to me a couple of other people i wanted to mention we've obviously talked about enzo maresca who may well be you know he might be the this sort of on fleek guy you know, come 2025. But someone like Vincent Company, does he feel like if you were to get a crystal ball out that he's the he's the guy that City might look to? I think sometimes when you 
when you break with a manager that has had the success that Pep Guardiola has, yeah, your focus should always be football first. Is the coach that I'm bringing in going to deliver the success that we've come to expect at this club? But there's also an element of our identity, and Vincent Company is Man City's identity. Fans, would they be on side? They'd obviously, I think, be on side if Vincent Company was on the, on the sidelines with them. And would that in turn make his job easier in some respects or make the successor to Pep Guardiola's job easier because there would be patience from fans and to some extent some patience uh, from from the media as well. I think Company will be a Man City coach one day. I'm just not sure he's going to be the one to succeed Pep. I think he might need a couple of years at a club that's not Burnley to make the natural progression in coaching. Just the demands of the clubs are so different that I think he'll be probably smart enough to understand that he needs to climb the ladder a bit more gradually. Someone that has been in a similar situation playing under Pep Guardiola, Xavi Alonso, who's now managing by Leverkusen and doing very well. Is he someone that you see coming into the, the conversation? He's definitely somebody that City who would City look at. But I think timing might might work against City in this case. I think it'd be a big surprise if Alonso isn't at Real Madrid next summer. And um, if he does as well as everyone anticipates, that takes him out of the equation for two or three years minimum. So it probably doesn't quite coincide with Pep staying. It might, but my hunch is it, it won't quite. It won't quite work out. Also, if we look at Bigurustein and Soriano, what they've done at Barcelona and that City, they've only ever hired Spanish. It's what they know. It's what they're more comfortable with. It's where their expertise lies. So, you know, you can even look at their first appointment was, was Pellegrini, who's not Spanish, but obviously made his reputation with that Villarreal team. And so going on, behavior patterns if you like you'd expect it to be an Arteta a Chabri Alonso or someone has impressed them at Barcelona or in yeah La Liga just to underline what uh, what what James said if it wasn't for the very sort of clear Barcelona Catalan identity that that City have kind of rebuilt I would say stylistically coaches like Nagelsmann would be a good fit even Tuchel I think a lot of people think of Tuchel as quite defensive and and sort of pragmatic from his Chelsea days, but it's not the real reflection of what he's about. The reason why him and Guardiola got along so well is because I think they have very similar ideals. Um, Tuchel's perhaps not been able to implement his ideals as consistently as as uh, Guardiola because he's never had this, those clubs built around his ideas. So they come in and had to change things and compromise all the time especially at PSG. But again, because they're Germans, I think it's hard to see Chiki and, and Soriano, Chiki and Ferran, uh, going, going for them necessarily. We shall see what happens. And you know what? To be brutally honest, it may well be that Pep goes and extends for another two years and we're back in 2025 having a very similar conversation. Um, and just a quick, like literally a word, where would Pep go next? And this is prediction time. This is like predicting squads. I'm not four sure I can years do it in, in one advance. word. I can do it in an acronym. Go on then. USA. Okay. Really? Okay. It's just a hunch. It's 
these are things that sort of are, are whispered in in corridors in in European football where people have heard something maybe five years ago that he said, oh, you know, one day I can see myself just golfing a lot of time and having a good time in the States and maybe coaching the US men's national team on the side uh, for a much easier lifestyle. I don't know if that's going to come to pass, but if I had to guess, and you've just made me, I'd say USA. James? Golfing was going to be my one-word answer. (laughs) Naturally, a lot of people will project that he should be a national team coach at some stage. Uh, I think in the past he did express an interest in coaching Brazil or Brazil expressed an interest in, in appointing him. And it now looks like that's going to be Carlo Ancelotti uh, instead. England? If you're in the FA, he should absolutely be on their list considering the English players he works with and who he's improved. Uh, absolutely. Brilliant. Rafa, thank you very much indeed. James, same to you. Uh, been a really interesting chat thanks to sam lee as well for contributing earlier on don't forget you can sign up to the athletic today for a special limited time offer of just 199 a month for 12 months at theathletic.com forward slash football pod tomorrow we will be back with the weekend preview thanks very much for listening you've been listening to the athletic football podcast the producers were adonis pratsides and guy clark with additional production by mike stavro and jay beale the executive producer was A.D. Moorhead. To listen to other great athletic football podcasts for free, search for The Athletic on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places and head to theathletic.com slash football pod for the very latest subscription offers. The Athletic Football Podcast is an athletic media company production. The Athletic. <laughs>